Our faith in God is not a stagnant state. It's a journey. As a believer, we should grow in our knowledge of God and His Word. Walk with Alan Cutting and many other believers as together we walk the believer's journey. Aloha and welcome again to the believer's journey. I'm so glad you've joined us again for another uh, show. Today I have a guest uh, came down all the way from Kansas City. And which is kind of nice. So before we get started, I want to share a couple things about our show. We're going to be doing a couple things a little bit different in uh, two shows from now. Our platform right now is on Facebook Live, but we're going to be moving that to YouTube. So if you go to YouTube uh, at the Believers Journey, uh, and the Believers is with apostrophe S, by the way. You'll see our little logo with a circle and the foot inside of it. And you click on there and subscribe to it. That way you'll have all of our videos. Right now we have oh, about 50 videos on there or more. And, um, but from now on, starting in two weeks, uh, we'll be doing a platform from YouTube. And, and that will be our audience. And so we'll go from there. Anyway, I want to thank everybody. I want to thank all of our sponsors. I want to thank everybody who's joined us and the many people around the world. It seems like we have more people now watching us from outside of the United States than we do inside of the United States. And so that's pretty remarkable. And um, I just think that Jesus is doing an amazing thing with his ministry. And I love all of you so much. Anyway, uh, today we're going to talk about the value of your faith and the importance of sharing it. And with us today is our guest, Sky Allison. Hello, Sky. Hey, Lon. I'm sorry. <laughs> we were talking about our common friend, Lon, just a, a bit ago. But uh, yeah, yeah, it's great to be with you. Sky is uh, the founder and the president of uh, I Outreach Incorporated. And uh, I want to share a little bit about what this ministry is. It says first, and about yourself. Um, it says that about age 25, you went into the ministry, and you spent about 25 years uh, working in churches. And um, so, after the 25 years, because I know there's a span here between 50 years old and today, mm-hmm. before you started uh, I Outreach, what did you do? Before I started I Outreach, yeah. When did I Outreach begin? I Outreach actually began uh, when I resigned my last pastoral okay. work. Sure did. I didn't know it was that yeah. long. Okay. I brought some. I brought some guys around me uh, who were part of our congregation there in Iowa, and um, you know I, I knew very little about the internet, but I but I knew that it was uh, a, a growing medium, and so <clears throat> hey, I, I brought these guys around and said, hey. Fellows, here's how I came to know Jesus. And uh, my story is, you know, very simply this. I, um, you know, I grew up in the, in the 50s, and everybody went to church that, uh, you know, was a, a good citizen at that point, you know, in America's history. It was an incredible time in our, in our history. Um, but uh, it didn't mean anything to me, you know. It was ritualistic. Um, and um, very canned. You knew when to sit, when to sit down, everything, you know. They always did a Gloria Patri at the end, uh, you know, and all that stuff. And um, uh, so it really didn't mean anything to me. I didn't see it at home. I lived out my parents. Uh, so, you know, when I was 16, my older brother, who was pretty radical, 
uh, he played the band. He uh, he was a he was a uh, a DJ at a radio station. And interesting thing is, um, a lady that uh, came and her uncle, young lady that came and her uncle would come on a Sunday program. Her uncle preached, and she would play the piano and sing. And uh, my older brother, who was 20 at the time, um, you know, liked the young lady. Later, married her. But uh, but you know, he found Christ because of Melanie's influence on his life. And um, it wasn't too long after hearing this preaching that he came under conviction. My brother. Now understand, he was he was a wild hair, going places he shouldn't go, doing things he shouldn't do, and I was following right in the train of his footsteps. Uh, skinny, scrappy, angry kid I was, and I honestly, if I hadn't have found Jesus, I'd either be insane, in jail, or in hell today. Honest to goodness. But what happened is Mark came under extreme conviction, and um, and he um, found Christ as a result of it. After one of his gigs, he told his band he was quitting. Uh, there was a fight, but he got out of it. And um, uh, like I say, married that young lady and has continued to live for the Lord all these years. Uh, it, was, it was amazing. But I saw the difference in his life. And I knew, hey, whatever Mark's got is what I need. And so uh, about two, three months after that, it's all a timing thing, you know. It's it's really all a timing thing, and uh, uh, God, the Holy Spirit just got a hold of me uh, at uh, at a crusade uh, for Christ. Uh, my younger brother and I both uh, seemed like the preacher was it was just right here. Um, I at the end of that sermon went forward on that uh, football field, bowed my head, asked Christ to come into my life. And I'll tell you the truth, it was like a ton of bricks was lifted off my shoulders. I never felt better in my whole life. And um, uh, made that decision to walk with Jesus. And, and you know, it changed the trajectory of my whole life from that day forward. Changed what I would do, where I would go to college and school, uh, who I would marry, the kind of home that I would have with our now three grown sons and so forth. It was incredible, the greatest decision in my life next to who I would marry and, uh, and all. So, yeah, um, that's, uh, that's, uh, <clears throat> that's, that's what took place. I, I didn't know it at the time, but the Lord would uh, call me into ministry. I was in ministry 25 years. At the end of those 25, I brought these guys together, said, hey, uh, that's how I met Jesus. It was real to me, and can that be conveyed you know, through the Internet? I didn't know very much about the internet at that time, obviously. Yeah. They said, yeah, it can be. So we teamed up. We uh, formed iOutreach Incorporated, started doing our research and development, um, and uh, found out that there was a place that we could fill that would be a blessing. And that's what we started doing. All of us have our jobs, and all of us have involvements in our churches and all that. So... Uh, uh, we don't have any full-time employees, but uh, but we finance and operate this ministry. Wow. So really, it's not that you left the ministry, you just changed formats. I had yeah. always brought people to Jesus mm -hmm. in my pastoral ministry. Never did I go to an assembly without having professions of faith. People that had come to Christ through our ministry, and specifically yeah. through, uh, through personal evangelism, a lot of it. 
Yeah. Um, it's interesting now that your website is iOutreachInc.org. Mm-hmm. So if any of you who are watching our show today um, interested, make sure you go to that website. It's pretty informative. Um, it has there's a lot of things said on there that I want to bring up in our discussion today. You know, and I want to sure. I think it's kind of interesting. Something one thing statement you have is what is often considered uncommon Christianity today is New Testament normal. Talk about that. <laughs> It's amazing. People today, I think, see through 20th century glasses because this is our culture. This is all we've ever known. But in reality, you know, when I found the Lord, I started becoming a student of the Bible. I took the materials home that they gave me, and I studied them, and I read them, and I digested them. And they became part of me, and I got into the Word of God. And, 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 I, and I tried to put myself into those pages and when I put myself into those pages, some amazing things begin exploding off of those pages. God is so wonderful. And you ask God questions, and God answers your questions. Sometimes it's right there in those pages. Sometimes it's a day or two later. Sometimes it's through some individual, maybe, uh, you know, or, or what have you. But God is so good, and He answers those questions. But but yeah, we see through rose-colored glasses, but hey, you know, in those days, times were different, and they were very, very difficult, and um, God imparted to, uh, to those folks some incredible revelation, truths. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, <clears throat> one of those is, honestly, Alan, hey, you know what? Paul spent a lot of time in prison, you know? He spent a good deal of time in prison. For preaching the gospel, yeah. For using the freedom of speech, <laughs> you know, yeah, uh, in the marketplace, uh, wherever he might be, and that sort of thing. He started house churches. He didn't. They didn't go to the cathedrals and big churches like what we have today. No, he went down to the to the river. So. Yeah. Well, it's pretty amazing. I um, I don't know if I've shared to you, but I do this uh, most of my shows. I people know that I go to the Moldova Republic of Moldova. I try to go every year if possible, and I teach at the Bible Seminary there, and I work with a bunch of missionaries who work with Crew, uh, Campus okay. Crusade for Christ, yes. and um, and I do seminars and Bible teaching and preaching and all the all the wonderful little things, and my wife has started to go, and they take her to the jail ministry and okay. so forth, and um, so. I, I see their their big push to winning people and their big. Their whole idea about working to find people to speak to, disciple. And what they've done in the last few years, uh, which is now my point, is that they've begun to have home churches, which Mm -hmm. they've found to be more um, successful than meeting in big halls. And one of the reasons why, which is interesting, is that... um, over there, they have the Orthodox Church, and the Orthodox Church is kind of like a state church, and they want to claim that, you know, evangelical Christians is a cult. Mm-hmm. So they kind of, uh, people who are tied to it, and if you're from the United States, you understand this when you talk about the Catholicism, and when a family wants, a member wants to go to a, you know, Protestant or evangelical church, it's like they're outcast from the Catholic family or church 
because what they've done. Well, they have that there. So a lot of people, you know, wouldn't want to go to a church if they were their family was connected to the Orthodox Church. So now what they've done is these home churches, and it's okay. Mm-hmm. It's okay to go to somebody's home and have a Bible study in church. And, and what's yeah. really cool is they have meals. Oh, they have yeah. food. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it's, it's, it's beautiful. And, then, and you see several of them. And I guess, um, and I don't know what the count is at this point, but at point, one point they were trying to seek uh, to have 100 churches in Moldova by a certain date. I don't know if it was last year or this year. So they're, they were pushing the last time I heard it was in the 60s or maybe 70s. So they're, uh, it's one of the big things they do. That's beautiful. I'll tell you, this just happened last Sunday at our church in uh, Kansas City. It's, uh, it's called Abundant Life Church um, in Lee's Summit. And uh, the pastor announced last week that uh, we have two new home churches that just landed on their site, um, however, by accident or whatever. One of them's in Nashville, Tennessee, and the other was, uh, where was that other one from? But anyway, two separate places. They didn't even know each other, and uh, they've only been following Abundant Life uh, Pastor Phil Hopper for whatever, maybe a few months or whatnot. Yeah. There's there's another statement in here. You have uh, Outreach Incorporated. They design tools um, and nurtures passion among believers for lifestyle, seed sowing, and evangelism. So you talk about, and there's a whole other paragraph. We talk about sowing, uh, have a seed sowing system. Talk about this seed sowing system and how it can help us understand. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, some of some of your viewers may remember Bill Bright. Uh, Alan, do you, you yeah, remember? Yeah, he's the one that started the Campus Crusade, and Thanks. we have the Four Spiritual Laws. And yes. yes. Oh, man, what a great, great tool that he designed yeah. years and years ago. And that was a tool by which I used uh, a lot of times to share my faith. I'd sit down with an individual right beside them and go through that booklet page by page. In fact, in Moldova, they still use, I'm sure a lot of crews still uses the four spiritual laws, but now what they've done, they've tried to make it more modern. They call it the four. And they okay. have symbols, like a heart symbol and a mm-hmm. cross symbol. And mm-hmm. so they have a little, a little, look like a little like division sign, you know, and it's sure. God and us. And so it's interesting. So they have the four. Yeah. And so they still use it, just, just trying that? to update it. Well, well, if you can, if you can understand uh, you know, what we did is we, we took that and we just uh, essentially um, turned it into an IT kind of thing. So uh, one person that uses our system says, hey, this is like the four spiritual laws on steroids. <laughs> because we turned, we turned it into a card and I did, I've given all mine away on the way down here on the flight. I, you know, gave, I give these seeds to people and stuff, but... Yeah, uh, it was, um, you know, we just put the the particular website on the card uh, with the code so that an individual gets that brief presentation of the gospel, usually four or five minutes max. And uh, it's pretty powerful presentation. Uh, Most of the world, it's incredible, but most of the world owns smartphones today. So they can do that right there on their smartphone. Powerful presentation. They, can, they don't have to be in a church to do it. This can happen anywhere they are. 
and it has happened. The lady I gave it to on one occasion, you know, she later on, several months, held that card in her in her purse that she had it. Three, four months down the line, she pulled it out. She was in her home, she told me later, uh, and uh, it was in the evening. And she just remembered that she had that card. Holy Spirit's working, you know. Brings that card out, finds Christ right there, following the presentation. Uh, that's just a, a beautiful way of how this works. There's a code on that card, so when a person goes to the presentation and they want more, they can click. It's two-question survey. They can click, yes, I, you know, yes, I connected with the message. Um, no, I didn't pray, but I want to know more, or what have you, that kind of thing. Um, and immediately, the free resource will be downloaded onto uh, their device. And at the same time that happens, uh, it will come to me or whoever the card sponsor is, and we'll let them know what the answers to that survey was, who that individual is, and a contact email or telephone number uh, where they, you know, you can follow up. Now these are called sponsor share cards, correct? Uh, yeah, you can call okay. them that. Mm -hmm. um, on your website, I was reading that um, you contact churches, and I guess you work with churches to develop a team or so, if you will, to work with this? We've just begun uh, that process. We've just begun that and um, uh, haven't developed it to the point that we want. Uh, to this point, as I say, it's just out of the, just out of the gate. So we've yeah. approached a couple of churches and are yet to hear back from one of them anyway. Um, yeah, because I find that really interesting. It, it's, it's funny because before, um, before we got here this morning, um, I was thinking that you know, we have different ministries. Um, you're out there reaching, you know, the lost, and I'm out there teaching those who are searching in the in the body believers. Then I thought, well, no, we're actually on the same, doing the same thing. You're actually <laughs> teaching those who are believers to find the lost, you know, and so we're kind of like on the same page. We are, here. Alan. That's, yeah. that's exactly right. Yeah. So, because I, I get so concerned when I was young. I, I'll tell you a little story. When I, when I was young, and I, be, and I became a Christian. Before I became a Christian, I, I, I wasn't. Uh, I was probably lost by everybody. You know, was, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this guy will never be. Yeah. Uh, so, and, and I one get day, that. one day I was hitchhiking, and I. Uh, had a guy pick me up. I was picking up the, and I talk about this on my very first show. You know, mm -hmm. I did this, and I and I went to go get a, a an album, uh, a Led Zeppelin album, and so I was hitchhiking back home, and a guy picked me up, and he's come from some four square church, and he handed me the Gospel of John on a little track, mm -hmm. and and then he handed me another little track, and it wasn't a four spiritual laws. I probably wouldn't have responded to a four spiritual laws. But he handed me this little track called The Beast. I've seen that. You've seen it. Sure. So, Chick Publications. Oh, yeah. yeah. So what happens is I'm playing the record. I've got my headphones on. I'm reading this little cartoon, The Beast. Yeah. It scared the bejesus out of yeah. me. I mean, I'm thinking, you know, I'm going to burn in hell forever watching this thing. And, yeah. And I really thought, I need to do something about that. And so we had a brand new pastor, Lon Ekdahl. 
Okay. So I'm, this is like Thursday afternoon, and I immediately got up from my chair. I'm at my best friend's house. I'm not even home. I, I rarely lived at home. I, I am my best friend's house, and I go to the phone, and I just called the church. <laughs> Pastor, and it was like this, Pastor Ekdahl, (laughs) you know, and he says, we need to talk, (laughs) and uh, are you free tomorrow? He was almost like, are you free now? You know, free tomorrow, sure. So I went there, and I I said, well, I get out of school at 1230, you know, high school, and he says, well, come on over. I spent the entire day, afternoon, till dinner time. He invites me for dinner. I told him, I'm still not finished asking questions. And it's because, you know, all the things that the Nazarene Church offered, I didn't connect because a lot of them seemed rigid or, well, at the time, now I look at them, they were legalistic, and it didn't make sense to me, some of mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I spent the entire, so I said, I need to talk to you tomorrow. And he's so funny. We're in a little church, about 100 people, um, called North Hills. Um, and uh, he says, sure, I'll talk to you tomorrow, but tomorrow I'm the janitor, so you'll have to help me clean bathrooms. <laughs> so I said, oh, great. I have no problem. So I yeah. spent the entire day helping him, working around the church, asking him questions, talking to him about all the things that it meant to him. I didn't want to be a Christian. I, was, I had attended the, the, I didn't attend church because it was boring, mm-hmm. but I attended yeah. you know, Sunday school class because they offered free trips Okay. Every quarter to a, to an area, whether it be like to the mountains or Alvera Street. We lived in Los Angeles oh, area. So yeah. I said, wow, so cool. if you go twice a month to Sunday school, you mm-hmm. know, you can go on a trip. So a bunch of us, right, four of us, that mm-hmm. that we could do this, you know. Mm-hmm. And so we did that. And at the during church, we walk over to Taco Bell and and play with you know throw fling you know fajitas or whatever it was beans sure. around, and we, that was it. Well, what happened was. The reason I didn't want to become a Christian because I knew some of the people who were in the church or in the Sunday school, uh, and they were real holy. Yeah. And then I see them at a party getting all drunk or running off with a another, okay, you know, sexual whatever it might be. Yeah. And I'm like, and then all of a sudden they're they're asking forgiveness and being holy. I thought I'm not going to do this. Mm-mm. I don't want anything about. That's I don't right. want anything to do with this. That's line. right. Yeah. So I, I when I talked to Lon those two days, it totally changed my perspective. Totally changed it. He challenged yeah. me. He challenged me. He says, "You sure. know, if if I am right, if you are right, then we have no problem. Mm-hmm. But if I am right, you have a major problem." Mm-hmm. And he says, "You know." Plus, he talked about something that I really liked. He said, "You know, being a Christian, I have found there are, are better friends, better relationships, closer people that I can trust in my life than people who were not Christians." Yeah. And and, and his his talk helped me because it wasn't all scripture it wasn't all the, it was just real stuff yeah that I I finally made Jesus the Lord of my life not to say that I had 15 more years coming out of the, the background I did with terrible struggle I mean it was really bad sure sure and so um, but that was a but big you thing. saw a, you saw in Lon <clears throat> you saw the real deal I did and that's what happened with my older brother he met a girl that was the real deal it turned him around. He, he had no idea when he made, when he told his band, "I'm done." He had no idea what it would do to his younger brother. But it changed my life. It changed my younger brother. My younger brother saw me 
And he told me that we still get together every, every, uh, every month by phone. We live in three different states. We get together every year and go somewhere, just the three brothers, and have a blast. I mean, but, but he told me here this last time we were together. Sky, it was your perseverance. I saw your life that changed me, even though he went forward the same, you know, same time yeah. that I did. But, but yeah, it's seeing the real deal and the joy of the Lord. Alan, that's, it really you know, is. And, yeah. you know, it's funny because uh, I was typically a shy person. Now, you know, more introverted. You look at me today and there's no people say, there's no way you were introverted or shy or whatever. I said, well, the only thing I wasn't shy about was sports because I was good in sports. Mm-hmm. And I knew I was good in sports and I excelled to the top. I was like the, one of the best pitchers in our baseball league. I was, okay. you know, I was really good yeah. at what I did. But when it came to meeting with girls and, nah, you know, I'm, you know or, or other people, I was kind of the guy in the background. Yeah. And I wasn't the one that was all out there. But once, once Jesus came in my life... I was at the park. I had never read a Bible. I had, didn't own a Bible at this point in my life. I mean, the first few months, I didn't even have a Bible. And I go to the park, and I had two people come with me. And we, people would be sitting all over the park and blankets, you know. And so, yeah. and I'd interrupt them and start talking about Jesus and how they need to get saved. And yeah. and and it was, and I had no, and things would come out of my mouth. I'm looking, I'm thinking, how did that happen? I don't, I don't know these things because somebody said that's a scripture. It is, and I didn't know. And finally, uh, Lon Ectel actually gave me my first Bible. It was I love a, that. yeah, it was a reach out little New Testament, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, and um, so basically, you know, it's it kind of moved from there, um, but. God did something in my life that changed me completely, um, and now I'm concerned about people that go to services that do meet that don't get Bible studies or don't get taught correctly. Mm-hmm. I, I remember in church people yeah. stand up to testify, and I'm I'm watching and hearing their testimony about Jesus, but I know that they hate this person, they hate that person. Well, the Scripture says mm-hmm. if you mm-hmm. hate other believers. You're deceiving yourself, and God is not in you. Yeah. And we don't teach this regularly in our churches. No. And I see people stand up and testify, and they're, you know, of course, I'm 16 or 17 at this point. And I'm looking, they're probably 80, but really, they're either 60, I don't know. Yeah. But their testimony is almost word by word the same testimony every single week. Like, God didn't do anything yeah. for their life for the last 50 years. Mm-hmm. And it, it right. got me concerned. So all of a sudden, my calling became more of, I want to be a teacher to those in the church mm-hmm. who need teaching of the scriptures to live and be that which, you know, lives the life because they know the scriptures accurate. Because I was told a lot of things about what the Bible says that it didn't ever say. Mm-hmm. And that yeah. bothered me. And it came from pastors. Mm, it mm, came from mm, people who should yeah. have known better, and yeah. yet they, they got this. And then finally, when I was <clears throat> doing a, I don't know if it was a report, but I went to a, a professor of mine at Azusa Pacific University, and I gave him this analogy or uh, interpretation of, of the Cana, the, the wedding. And he says, oh, that sounds great. And he, then he says, you know, but it could be wrong. How could it be wrong? It all fits. All the all the things we put together, two and two is four. He says, oh, yeah, it could be right, but it could be wrong. you got to be true to the text. And 
interpretations. You may have somebody has a different one. It may be wrong. And I had to learn these things. Mm -hmm. And I'm realizing people go off on these and they live out these things. And these interpretations, some are okay and some are not in the church. Right. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah, I I think that's why the scripture tells us that we are to grow in the grace and the knowledge. Yes. Uh, You know, there's both involved. And some folks are great. They're tremendous on grace, but their knowledge is way down here. Or they have, and we've both known some folks whose knowledge was up there, but their grace was way down here. And I think that's where I was. I had all this knowledge. You know, I'm, I'm sitting there with a master's degree. You know, and making really stupid decisions, making doing really bad stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, and yet I knew because I, you know, I've been educated in the Bible, yeah. so I knew, but I didn't know. Yeah, I didn't really know because I was choosing bad things and wrong things. And it's amazing. There's a there's a beautiful devotional book by uh, E. Stanley Jones called Growing Spiritually. And uh, in that book, very first very first thing he says is, "You are made to grow." You are made to grow. Think about that. That is the, 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 the first how God put us together, the fabric of our being. You are made to grow. If you're not growing, you're actually going against the grain. Yeah. And, um, and I believe it was uh, the chaplain um, Lloyd Ogilvy who said uh, that the greatest miracle in the world is the calling, conditioning, and commissioning of a disciple of Jesus Christ. That is indeed an awesome miracle. As your story shows, you know, from where you were to where you are today, from where I was to where I am today. Oh, yeah. It's just amazing what God will do to your life. I was talking to a uh, pastor, and um, actually um, Gilbert Perez, he was on my show, uh, and... Um, he's tried to have hire me to be on staff many times, but uh, he was on my show, and we've had a discussion, not on the show, but aside from that, and um, we were talking about the tongues issue, and he talked to me about how it gives power, and I, and I, I told him, I said, that's not true. I said, what gives you power is total surrender to, to his will, to what, what God does for mm-hmm. you, and he stopped and goes, you're exactly right. Mm-hmm. I'm like, that really is where the power is, is our surrendering to him. It is, yeah. You know, and I think that is not being taught. Mm-hmm. It's not being taught. It's where right. you and I need to get out there and, and teach that mm-hmm. to the churches, to the people who are teaching mm-hmm. and understand power is in our surrender. Power yeah. is in our vulnerability to him that he takes over. I, I, I just am convinced that when we really dive into the scriptures and not try to read. Of course, you know, this book, this book was uh, unintelligible to me. I went to church, but that book meant nothing to me. I did not understand it until I asked Christ to come into my life. And then, Lord, open my eyes. Help me to understand what it is. And without trying to put words into God's mouth... I let God speak for himself. Yeah. I ask the questions. I let God answer those questions from his word. When you begin to study and you become a student of the word, you let it shape you. You let it change you. One of the first things God did was he got rid of profanity in my life. Honesty. Uh, profanity came out of my mouth streaming like like the proverbial sailors, you know. And I didn't even, didn't even think about it or... or 
really hardly even know it. It didn't even phase me. That's how the habit had become in my life. Well, I knew that dishonored God. Here I am in high school, and uh, <clears throat> I just found the Lord. And I'm taking my Bible to school because, hey, shouldn't I do that? I, I'm not afraid of you know, sharing. I'm not afraid of, uh, of being a witness. I don't know how. Nobody's coached me. I, I've never done this before. And I'm in study hall. I got my Bible, and I'm you know, reading whatnot, and, and uh, things are going on. And, well, the, the teacher steps out of study hall for a minute and goes up the hall or whatever, and when she does... Uh, this this kid in our class named Morris. He'd flunked out two or three times. He was a uh, the proverbial career high schooler, you know. And he gets up and starts swaggering around the class, you know, and starts swearing and and uh, whatever else, you know, and <clears throat> swearing. Okay, you know, I've done it all my life. But then he said GD, and oh man, it, it made me quiver inside that's the holy spirit of god you know he said a second time oh i'm thinking what do i do what do i do the third time he he said it uh alan i didn't know what i was going to do but i got up out of my seat and i faced him square and i i said to him something like morris please don't say that in front of me again i'm i'm a christian now I don't want to hear that anymore. And you know what? It shocked Morris so much, and it shocked me too, frankly. I mean, I'm sure my knees were probably quivering, but it shocked him, and, you know, I could see the surprise in his eyes. And from that day forward, I never heard him swear in front of me again. You know, I I think people have a respect for you when you stand up. when I was yeah. when I was a teenager and I and I became a Christian, I still hung out with the same friends. I didn't do you know I'll go to the parties, but I didn't drink. I would drink Seven Up. Okay, of course Seven Up looks like you might have me drinking something else, but the guys knew that I just drank Seven Up. Mm-hmm. They would say, "Oh, you want a beer?" They knew I was a Christian. Nah, that's all right. And they would edge egg me on all the time. Yeah. have a beer. Have a beer. Yeah. Oh, come on. Mm-hmm. After about a year, I had a group of these guys, and some of them were big guys and I wasn't and they said you know what you know because they're trying to egg me on and I said yeah. no I'm a Christian I really don't do that I don't I don't drink alcohol at this point they says you know we really respect you I'm like yeah right yeah. you know and he goes no I mean really we really pushed you and pushed you and pushed you and you have never you know never taken caved. a drink you never yeah. yeah and out of that out of those guys one guy his name is Richard Became a minister. He became a Christian and became a minister. And so it's interesting watching what your stand does in effect for other people. Again, back to the seed sowing. You know, it's not about converting somebody. It's about sowing the seed. Sowing the seed. You know, um, two yeah. things. One of them is, I want to I I read this. It, it says, with Outreach Incorporated, the most timid person can become an active participant in sharing the greatest good news on the planet. Yes, sir. I know there's a lot of people, well, I, I don't know what to say. Oh, I'm timid. Oh, I, I'm shy. Well, I don't know the scriptures. Well, I have to learn more. And it's you know that's why I told the story that mm-hmm. when I went out there to witness, I didn't even have a Bible. I didn't even know. I'd go to church, you know, and yet it, it flowed. And here you're saying that people who are timid, who are not there, 
can have the tools to be excellent. Yes. Share that. Yes. Yeah. You know, I, I understand so completely what you're talking about yourself and, and your experience. And I know what my experience is, but I also know that there are a lot of folks who don't have our experience. I've often said if, if, if Joe Blow over here could only see through my eyes, if he could only experience, if, he, if he's a, known what I know and experienced what I've experienced, he would be a Christian today like that. Um, but I know that's not true. Not everybody's like that. Not everybody can see. They can't see through. So there's a lot of different personalities. Some people are timid just by nature, what have you. Timothy was one of those. Mm -hmm. Paul writes to him, you know, Timothy, I want you to stir up the gift that God has given to you. And so, you know, uh, I realize that there are Christians who need a little help. And this is one way that we can do it. I didn't bring one of those cards with me, but they're a business size type card. And they've, uh, you know... It's, it's a lot of different on-ramps, you know, um, in using this card. The most timid individual at all can use this card. And from what I understand, it's not only just the card. You have videos, and these videos, you have videos on your website. Okay, right. they range from about two and a half minutes to ten minutes, depending on what the topic. You have five different topics. I'll read them. You have a classic gospel presentation. Mm -hmm. You have what they call an intelligent design. Yes. Uh, one is a Muslim gospel presentation. Uh, mm -hmm. One is a youth gospel presentation, and then one is a senior gospel presentation. Right. And we all, or at least we know, my Lon Eckel is the one who wrote the senior gospel. Lon wrote that senior one. Yes. Uh, pretty He's amazing. Jazzy. He's awesome. Awesome. Uh, yeah. Awesome script. Yeah. And we take the scripts that these individuals have given to us. Uh, and anyone can do this. If you've got a gift of writing, you feel like there's a certain demographic of people that God wants you to reach, uh, submit it to us. If we accept it, we will produce. We'll take it. We'll do all the production ourselves uh, and fund it and so forth to, 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 create, to create the presentation. And then we'll offer that presentation to, to anyone and everyone who is interested in it. Now, no charge. Now, somebody can watch this video, and toward the end of the video, there you'll have a little thing where you can click on it to go to your survey. Is that correct? Yeah, about 15 seconds into the presentation, uh, then it's going to get booklet or get free resource here. Mm -hmm. And an individual who is watching this presentation, um, prompted by the Spirit of God, they see, like you, like myself, Hey, I want to know more. I'm hungry. Uh, there's something here. I've got to find out. You know, they click that, and it's immediately going to download onto their device, uh, whether it's uh, whether it's one of these or their laptop or iPad or whatever. Um, it's going to download that free resource uh, that corresponds to that particular presentation. Each of those presentations is going to have a different resource that it offers. Uh, that's designed to reach that particular demographic of people. So, uh, yeah, it goes onto their device, and at the same time that happens, it lets you or whoever the sponsor of that card is that handed them the card with that website presentation, it's going to let them know uh, of their survey, their name, their answers to the questions, two questions uh, on that survey. It's going to give them, you know, the individual's name and email address, uh, the phone number is optional, and some people put their phone number in, uh, whereby you can do all the follow-up work along with them. 
Another thing that's really interesting about the, the website, I noticed, is you have a little area where you have questions and answers. Um, like I saw, Q&A. do's and don'ts when you're talking to a Muslim, for example. You yes. Have, you have stuff like that. So um, I encourage your, my, my want, the people watching that you go to this website and look through it. It's really amazing. It's fascinating. And I like the way it's put together. It's really nicely done. Thank you, Alan. I was going to, um, last, uh, two weeks ago, um, on, on our show, we had a guy named Chris Soto. And Chris was, um, he he's, has a jail ministry. He goes to the, well, of course, COVID has kind of blocked it off right now. But he goes to the jails and he does a whole ministry with people who are in, in jail. And he's also started a whole group uh, called... Uh, brothers in white and they're starting a church and these are for mm-hmm. people who are, who are leaving prison who are got out of jail and uh, to, to make them feel welcome and home because a lot of these guys that get out they might get saved or, or find Jesus and then the society pushes them around and pushes them aside so they get back, in back, the, in, yeah. back into the problem sure. mm-hmm. um, so I was curious because I noticed you don't have a video or presentation for those who have been in jail Right. So, uh, briefly before the show, we, we kind of talked about this, and I, I thought, have you ever thought about doing something like this, and uh, maybe I could get you in touch with, with Chris, and because I think Lon Hector writes so well, Chris and Lon ought to come together and work on this. What do you think? Sure. That's a great idea. Um, you know, uh, I've got a, a team of guys that work with me, so it's not my decision alone, but, uh, but yeah, we'd, we'd look at it. And say, hey, is this something we want to move forward? And if we accept it, then uh, yeah, we'll we'll take all of the cost of production ourselves. I think it's a real need out there. Um, we're finding, you know, I'm finding every day, you know, in in people I talk to or in organizations I'm with or so forth, that you have a lot of people that have been in prison or jail, mm-hmm. and I think it's a, it is very much a, a demographic. That, yeah. that is lost, that we don't touch base with. Even in Moldova, you know, mm-hmm. when, when I noticed that, they have a, a prisoner or jail there just outside of Kishnau, and um, and the women there go to talk to the women. My wife is one of them that, when we okay. go there that does that. So I would say not just in the United States, but even other places in the world. And this brings me up to my next question. Okay, so when I go to places like Moldova and they speak Romanian or Russian and you have all these other countries that are reaching out to Jesus and, and for example, they use crew, crew, they're part of crew, they use the four spiritual laws, they use the very things you are very, you know, uh, understand and work with. Mm -hmm. Have you ever thought of reaching out to other areas of the world with other missionaries who are doing the very same thing and trying to find different ways of reaching, witnessing in other parts of the world? It's a great question. And uh, you're ahead of us just about a half a step or maybe a step, something like that. Last week, in fact, we, we had our very first individual from Uganda to register with uh, our online site. The registration is free, doesn't cost you anything, and that gives you access to uh, a lot of the resources and, and information that you'll find on the website. Uh, some, of the, uh, some of the items, particularly the Disciples Tools Toolbox, uh, that does require a, a premium level membership. Uh, but, uh, but a lot of those, you just register, and then, you know, what we say is, hey, um, 
we design the tools and we nurture the passion among believers for lifestyle evangelism. So when you register, <clears throat> we do send out uh, on Friday mornings uh, an email every Friday morning that will uh, is designed to to encourage and strengthen people in their in their ability to to share Christ. Sometimes it's tips on how to use the cards. Um, <clears throat> I just came through a five-week series in which I shared uh, some tips from Sam Chan's book, uh, an outstanding book on uh, how to talk about Jesus without being that guy. And uh, I took uh, you know one of his tips out of that book each week for five weeks and shared that. Uh, it's a brief email. It's uh, something that's readable in about one minute, something like that. But we do that every Friday morning at 6 o'clock and... Um, you know, people, uh, I don't like to overload people. I know what emails are like, and I get a hundred of them a day um, and, or more. So, you know, so we just send out the one. But uh, by that one, we encourage people in lifestyle seed sowing and evangelism, and um, <clears throat> they can get that at no charge. Uh, then if they, you know, like it and down the line want to move to a premium level membership, they can do that for like 20 bucks or something like that Okay, a year. Yeah, because yeah, we have about, oh, close to 100 different missionaries that watch this show mm-hmm. from Moldova, from Ukraine, from Kenya, yeah. um, Slovenia, you know, yeah. Ukraine. I don't know if I mentioned Ukraine, but basically they're all over. And so I was just kind of curious. Do they speak English? I speak English. Yeah, do they? <laughs> you missionaries. Uh, most of them do. Okay. Um, some of them are from the United States. The ones that go to Kenya are from the United States. Okay. I have one that's uh, a United States uh, missionary who's married to a Moldova missionary who are actually in Slovenia. Okay. And those, many of them that are in Moldova and some in, in uh, uh, Ukraine, though they are natural citizens over there, but a lot of them speak pretty good English and some of them are they're struggling but it's the English is a main mm-hmm. factor to learn because they, they mm-hmm. reach out over here as well sure sure so when I go over there and I do teaching mm-hmm. or preaching and so forth uh, other than the, the seminary you know because they everybody is supposed to know English there but when I go into the churches or in the areas like that I usually have a, a interpreter so if I'm teaching teachers in Moldova. It's usually Romanian teachers, so I have a Romanian interpreter. If I go to the mm-hmm. different churches, it's usually Russian. So. Sure. Well, if any of them uh, uh, you know, don't have the resources uh, financially to, to do that uh, 20 bucks or whatnot on the premium level, just uh, have them contact me. Okay. Yeah. We'll, we'll take care of it. Well, that's good to know because they, they work and live by uh, people's donations. Sure. So that's... Uh, well, that'll be our donation to them in the work of God that they're doing and with our blessing. Yeah. So let them register. <clears throat> they need to do that, uh, and there's free registration. Uh, let them register first and then contact me and, uh, and just let me know. And okay. I'd be more than happy to, to make sure that they get that. That's good. And, and what I would advise you so he knows that... Who you are is as mentioned that you uh, saw Sky on my show, and that way we'll know the Believer Journey. Yep, with Alan Cutting. You bet. <laughs> okay, yeah. let's get into let's get into our, our topic. We're running a little bit late on this one, but this is kind of good. We have a good discussion. It's been fun. And let's talk about our, the value of faith and, and the importance of sharing it. And you gave me a scripture, and, and um, 
I, I say Philemon. I know that's not correct. Philemon is right, yeah. Uh, I mean, as far as pronunciation. But it says this, that the sharing of your faith may become effective by the acknowledgement of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. Um, and, and the NIV actually says this way, it says, I pray that you become, that you be active in sharing your faith so that you will have a full understanding of every good thing we have in Christ. Uh, yes. Different kind of take, but it kind of <clears throat> brings the same idea. Yeah. So, yes. you know, in reading about sharing our faith, one of the things that I, I'm very adamant about is, is the idea of what we, what we think is faith and what faith really is. When I was a teenager and I was attending uh, Sunday school, and the Sunday school teacher taught us what faith was, and he basically said, Faith is believing that this chair that's sitting over there, uh, if, if I believe that if I sat in it, that it'll hold me up, and that's faith. And as I learned that that was not faith at all, that faith is actually standing up, walking over, and sitting in the chair. Right. And what a lot of people do is they'll take Hebrews chapter 1, verse, or chapter 11, verse 1, and they'll read it, oh, there is faith. But they won't read the rest of the chapter, which we call the faith chapter, where it says faith is, you know, Noah building the ark, Abraham taking his son to sure. you, all these things yeah. that they did by <laughs> obedience. Yes. And it's the obedience because faith, the actual <laughs> word faith, pistis, in the Greek is an active verb. I have a I have a, a little marble uh, <clears throat> uh, piece on my uh, in my office in Kansas City that says God is not a noun; He is a verb. And what you're saying right there testifies to that. Faith is active. It's not just believing, <laughs> but it's uh, putting it into action. Yeah. Yeah. One of, the, one of the issues I have, and I don't know if your program addresses this with, with people or not, but I know, and this may not be part of our topic, but um, I say I have a problem with what I call the convert and desert, you know, people. You know, you go convert them, you desert them, and go convert somebody okay. else, uh-huh. and go on. Mm-hmm. And I have a real problem with that. I think that discipleship is so important. It is. That we, you know, I've been in a couple churches nowadays you know, the, a lot of churches, they'll have you pray the prayer in, in your congregation sure. during the service. Thank you. Goodbye. Mm-hmm. But I've been into some churches where they do that. And it says, you know, please come to the front and they'll meet in a room and they'll have somebody meet with you and pray with you and talk to you and share with you and, and to carry you through. Right. I don't know how often we do that anymore in our churches. I think it's, it's really detrimental that we uh, have looked away from that. I think it's so important that we do disciple. Evangelism is only one part of it, isn't it? It is. It's a significant part because you're introducing, like Andrew introduced Peter to Jesus. You know, if the introduction doesn't happen, hey, you're off, just, you know, you're not even out of the gate. But evangelism is only the first step to get you to the end goal, which is to be discipled, to be a follower of Jesus. Right. Um, it's like, you know, there's a, there's a, a thing that I, I, another issue I have is when people say, oh, I accept Jesus as my Savior. And I'm like, well, did you know the Bible doesn't teach that? 
And he says, oh, doesn't I hear it all the time at church? Well, it doesn't teach that. It says that we need to make Jesus our Lord of our life and that he becomes our Savior. You know, but it never says accept him as Savior. You won't find that in the Bible. You'll find, you know, confess him as Lord, make mm-hmm. him your Lord. You'll, you'll mm-hmm. hear all this. And yet we're, we're, we're hearing more of the other. Mm-hmm. And I'm concerned that the church as a whole, you know, across the world, if you will, mm-hmm. you know, is being fed this shallow kind idea. Kind of a watered-down idea, isn't it? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I follow you. Yeah, no, there's, you know, Jesus says, uh, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Yeah. You know, he, he, he challenges, uh, you know, those that would come after him, let them deny themselves, take up their cross, and follow him. Um, that's, well, and, oh, yeah, and that's one of my scriptures I have here from Mark. But he also said, you know, the Bible says, be imitators of, of me, be, be imitators right. of Christ, and, and so forth. And... Um, there's Peter. Uh, Jesus says, "Go into all the world and preach the gospel um, to all creation." I mean, you know, mm-hmm. he, he, it, there's a lot here about going out and you know, telling the Initiate, world, telling be the things. initiating, exactly. Yes, and, and not even in in the New Testament, but even in the Old Testament, I have two things. One in Psalms, and in Psalms it says this: uh, ninety-six verses two and four, two to four. Oh, sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Sing to the Lord. Bless his name. Proclaim the good news of his salvation from day to day. Yeah. Old Testament. Yeah. And we want to think that, oh, they didn't do this in the Old Testament. Hello. (laughs) The scriptures are different. Yeah. And even you brought up a thought there. On the third commandment that we have, don't take the Lord's name in vain. Sure. But, you know, I don't know how much... He, have you studied Hebrew at all when you went to seminary? Um, my brother did. I did not uh, study. So I didn't take that route. When we say, don't take the name of the Lord thy God or name, the word take actually in the Hebrew uh, has more of a connotation of to carry. So don't carry the name of the Lord thy God. Right. Okay. So That's the way true. that I read that is that you don't say that you're a believer and live like a sinner because exactly. then you're taking God's name in vain. Yes. And, and I'm, I'm, it's the way we carry ourselves, the way we live, the way we, like you said, on, Lon Ectel is the real deal. I, yeah. I have always, I have said he is the most successful pastor I've ever known in my life. Does he have 10,000 people in his church? Absolutely not. <laughs> but he is a true believer. He is the one that follows. He is the one that's discipled his people in his church. He is the one that really has held himself at such a high. I'm sure he can say for me to live as Christ. Mm-hmm. My wife and I were doing an interview yesterday with some, uh, some individuals. Um, and um, at one point during this lady's presentation... Uh, as a result, I think, of the kind of answers that my wife and I gave to her, she stopped and looked at us and said, you're believers, aren't you? <laughs> yeah. You're right. Uh, we, we're not ashamed, and uh, we don't take the name of the Lord our God in vain. We carry him with us wherever we go. Yeah, and, and the verse that follows that is Second Timothy 1.8. Therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord nor of me, his prisoner, but share in the suffering for the gospel by the power of God. Mm-hmm. And, and it's really important that we understand that. There's another scripture. God didn't give us a power of timidity. 
right? You know, or I mean, a, a spirit of spirit community, of, spirit but of fear, a spirit of, of, of fear, but a spirit of power. Yes. And and I think that you know, if we really learn how to get a hold of this power, which it's right there for us, mm-hmm. you know. Jesus says, you know, he gives us the comforter, gives us the helper to teach us all things. Yes, he does. You know, and and he help and to um, guide us through all all things, all truth. And I think that if we understand that, that we can grab a hold of the Holy Spirit and grab that power. Mm-hmm. You know, just like when you said you stood up to that guy Morris and stood there. Yeah. You know, and voiced what you believed. And he respected that. Yeah, I believe that, that was a great moment. That God, that God I didn't is, know it, but uh, that was a great moment in my spiritual growth. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's true with anybody if they take that stand. I mean, uh, it has to be true. There are people in the world who've taken that stand and have been struck down. You know, obviously. Sure. And God has sure. ways and reasons why. You know, these things happens for our teaching and our moments and our growth. And and I say, and that's why this show is called the Believer's Journey. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I teach that's a great a, name. I teach a Sunday school class. I call it the Believer's Journey yeah. because a Christ, Christianity is a journey. You know, you, you start from one it point is. and you go to the next. It's it's that you know we we fall, we get up, we walk, we choose the wrong direction, we get back onto the right direction. We it's a sure. journey. Sure, it's that's a journey. Right. That's right. I think I learned this from a guy named Bill Gothard. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> because he had this this chart where a line and a line, and here we are with all black, and God is up here. And as we stepped across the line, as being saved, as we grew and released in our our life, we became less black and less and less until we became glorified. And I realized it's a journey. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a way of getting there. And I and I learned that then. And I've always believed that, and now I put it into perspective to teach it. Mm-hmm. It's kind of an interesting thing. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's honestly where a lot of believers are. And those who are the timid ones, they can begin by using that card and putting it in the credit card slot at a gas pump. Yeah. I mean, totally non threatening. You don't have to, you know. But at some point down the line, through the use of these these cards as tools, you know, the next thing you know, you're gonna you're gonna put it on the table there or the the counter uh, at uh, at the convenience store. Yeah. You know, for the next person, just position it close to where people put in their uh, you know their money. Um, <clears throat> the next thing you know, you're you're gonna leave one at the grocery store. You're going to put it in a public spot. You know, one time I was at the mall. My wife uh, went to the ladies' room. It's down a long corridor. So I'm standing right there at the head of this corridor, and it's a major traffic way. People going to and fro all over the place. And I'm waiting for my wife to come back. And I said, Lord, who is there that needs to to hear the message? So I'm beginning to look around, and I'm just connecting with, with the Lord. Tons of people coming and going. I see one guy that, you know, my spirit just says he's the one. And he walks, and he's heading down that corridor to go to the restroom. I didn't say a word to him. I just held the card out. He took the card right out of my hand. (laughs) Went to the restroom, apparently. Came back, 
few minutes later. And I want you to know, Lon, he still had that card in his hand as he entered the traffic way and kept on going. How easy it would have been for him to toss that card in a waste can or not even take the card out of my hand. But I know that at some point a seed was sown. You know, I think it's amazing. What what you and your ministry is doing is, is amazing because you're taking, you're, you're putting a whole huge powerful message in a card into the hands of people who are maybe unsure of themselves or afraid or not not knowing what to do or Mm -hmm. gee they feel not as educated and you're handing them that and anybody anybody can hand out or place cards yes anybody or suggest oh go look at this video yeah exactly and i think that's that's what you guys are doing is remarkable well thank you well we to the uh, to God be the glory. If you know, we want to just uh, what do you say? Depopulate hell. <laughs> we want to get as many people to heaven as we can. Yes. We know what God's done for us, and it's it's amazing. It is just amazing when Jesus said, "Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand." Hey, you know, it's so right. And 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 the word salvation is one that of enlargement. You know, when an individual comes to know the Lord, uh, old things pass away. Behold, all things become new, 2 Corinthians 5.17. Yeah. And it's so true. Salvation enlarges. Yeah. Wow. It's marvelous. Well, we're running on, on our time now. But um, absolutely, I think that we need to be more bold. We, in, in our churches especially, I think that in our churches we need people to learn to stand and now we have so much deception going on we need to be more educated and more alert and and really reaching out anyway uh that's our show for the day and the week and so it's Alan, thanks pleasure. for the thanks for the uh, the invitation to be with you today it's an absolute joy to share with you and share with you what god's doing with uh, with i outreach and we'd love to partner with you and all of your folks and any way that we can be a blessing of the kingdom well, that's wonderful. I, I really appreciate you and what you're doing. I think it's a, a real blessing. So, Thank you so much. Anyway, thank you for joining me today. And uh, everyone, you have a wonderful day, a wonderful weekend. Aloha. Alan Cutting and the Believer's Journey radio program seeks to teach the Word of God in a clear and practical manner. For more information, please visit the podcast page at am630theword.com. 